to Internet Marketing for Humans, digestible internet marketing insight and advice to help you grow your business. Hello, welcome back to Internet Marketing for Humans. I'm your host, Andrew Laws, and I'm a human. Now, before we start today, I need to explain that you might hear some noises, some extra noises during this episode. My wife's in the kitchen behind me getting ready for a camping trip with us. There's also going to be another additional noise for this episode that I think you might like. Um, I have a guest. So, ex- extra noise person, would you like to... In- Hello. <laughs> would you- I was trying to think of the weirdest way I could possibly introduce you, but would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, i just clear up what the extra noises might be then. Um, <laughs> I don't want anyone to get sort of the wrong idea of what this podcast is about. Um, <laughs> my, my name is Martin Wiskin and I'm a voiceover artist, so my, my noises are voices. I like that. You could have that as a tagline. Yeah, i just come up with that. I'll just, yeah. Just, quite, just, quite, just that creative, just straight off the top of your head. Quite pleased with that. This is going well already. <laughs> it is, should we wrap it up before it goes down? It's done, mate. It's done. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I should just explain, Martin and I have known each other for, for quite a long time. Um, he's a fellow musician. In fact, I put out one of your one of Martin's um, bands. I put out one of his albums once. You I? did, yeah. Good times. It, it was, although we didn't make enough money to buy ourselves solid gold B-days or anything, but it was... Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that would be a target. That would be like that's that, still that's one. Not... Yeah, that's still one of my targets. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> there's our definition for success in life. Yeah. Have you got a B day? Yes. Is it solid gold? No. Well, keep working. Try harder. Um, yeah. <laughs> right. So the, the reason I wanted to speak to Martin today, as as a bit of a kind of a LinkedIn case study, because Martin, when, let's tell you what, let, let's get your story done first. So, have you always been a voiceover artist? I haven't. I went to school before that. Um, and, and then I had other jobs that were not anything related to um, what I do now. So I started, my first proper job was uh, I worked in a jeweler's and I pierced people's ears and got them to try on rings and things like that. But um, at the same but, time? Uh, sometimes, so yeah. Distract I, them from the pain. I'm going to make a hole in your ear. So shove these just, rings yeah, on your hands. Just try on this nice diamond uh, eternity <laughs> ring. <laughs> but the. the the oldest person's ears, uh, going off on a bit of a tangent already, um, oh, please do. setting up as we uh, mean to go along, um, was a, a 100-year-old lady who'd never had her ears pierced and she wanted to have her ears pierced um, before she died. Um, I don't know when, if she was like planning on dying soon after that. Because that, that, that sounds grim. <laughs> that would have been horrendous. Um, but it was the first one I'd ever done and uh, my hands were obviously shaking, but she was, yeah, she enjoyed it, so it's fine. Um, anyway... Um, so I worked in, after that, I worked in uh, database management. That's what I did for about 20 years. And in 2016, um, they started talking about GDPR, which I'm sure everyone knows about. Um, and the industry that I worked in was for direct marketing, so junk mail, basically. So I looked after names and addresses, millions and millions of consumers who had bought stuff from um, like junk mail catalogs, you know the big slipper that you can put both feet in and that sort of that sort of stuff. Um, <laughs> rubbish for running it. But... Yeah. And so I, I just tweaked what you said then. <laughs> going to have to have unless, a, you got, a, unless you've got a huge feet that you just buy two. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, the GDPR was, was a rumour and our bosses said, look, we're not going to be able to get that many permissions to carry on sending people junk mail because permissions to, to sell this data in those days was a bit... Um, ambiguous, shall we say. Mm. Um, so he said, it, it won't happen. GDPR won't come in. Too many people would lose their jobs in this industry. Um, and it did come in and we did lose our jobs. Yeah. Um, 
So I was left just coming up to 40 and I thought, right, what am I going to do? Because it was, you know, I didn't want to run straight back to an office because that would have been easy to, to take that sort of redundancy money and think, well, I can have that, just chuck it in the bank and get a job straight away. So I've got a nice bit of money there. But I thought, no, I will spend it frivolously um, and see what I can come up with. Um, and after a couple of months, I hadn't, you know, come up with any brainwaves. So I started making a list of things that I'd done over the years. And you'll know about a lot of this. So I'd done bits of web stuff, uh, graphic design, um, photography, uh, because of the bands I was in, all, all needed all that sort of marketing stuff. Yeah. Um, but I never got to a level where I would have been confident enough to to sell it, I don't think. So I started looking at my recording gear from doing like demo tracks. And I thought, I wonder if I can record some singers or some acoustic acts or something like that. Um, and I must have been looking at some new gear online because shortly after that, Facebook started hammering me with um, ads for recording stuff. Um, but one of them was record your own voiceovers from home. And that was the first time I'd probably ever seen anything about voiceovers because thinking back then it's just something that exists you don't really think about it you don't watch an ad and break it down into its little parts and think oh yeah that's a voiceover that's the music that's the script and all that sort of thing sadly i do but it's because it's it's my job yeah, <laughs> yeah most, gonna, most most was, people don't it's 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 just there isn't it yeah i was gonna say there's the exception the people that you know are in that sort of area will, will know um but I'd never thought about it before. And it was the first thing in those few months after, you know, not, not being in a, a job that I'd been in for 20 years, more or less, that, that seemed interesting to me and exciting. And I thought, oh, well, I know how to record stuff. So the voice bit is, you know, the bit that I need to learn. So I thought I'll give it a go. And if it doesn't work, I'll do data again. Um, and fortunately, I didn't have to do data again. Um, and doing voice stuff is much more fun um, on a day-to-day -day basis <laughs> than database management. Uh, okay, cool. So the, the reason I want to speak to you for, for this episode of the podcast is, as a quick summary, you'd been doing a job and I assume none of that job particularly had any marketing responsibility. It was, it was you know, SQL or database management and yep. getting on with the mechanical side of things. Yeah. So when, when you, you did have personally have some marketing experience, because if you're in a band, you... you have to sell yourself mm. it's it's a constant thing most bands are really awful at it i've got to say um including myself kind of various times over the years just to make clear i'm not perfect here so one of the first things everyone has to learn on day one of working for themselves whether it's as a freelancer or starting a new company or anything like that is that people don't automatically come beating down your door it, it's not a case of build it and they will come with yep. any business um, unless you're Kevin Costner building a baseball stadium yeah. in the middle of a cornfield, <laughs> in which case uh, that's a very specific business case. Um, but apart from that, if you sat, well, so when you sat down day one and said, right, now I am a voiceover artist, it begins now, what, what was the next step? Well, to start with, there was a lot of training, so I was still doing bits of pe bits and pieces of other stuff unrelated to, to voice work. Um, so to start with, I didn't really have any plan other than just the training. But fortunately, as the training progressed, there was sort of a, a business side of it as well. Um, but my my plan was really get a website, and that was it to start with. Um, and yeah, that that was 
not successful, shall we say, well, I got a website, but I certainly didn't get anyone to it because I didn't know much about SEO, um, didn't have anywhere to drive people to that website, didn't know about um, like keywords and that sort of stuff in, in how to find, get these people specifically looking for what I offer. Um, so it's quite slow, I think, to start with. And I was very late sort of getting to the party in terms of knowing what marketing I should should be doing to get myself out there. Um, and I think the first thing that, that sort of helped was uh, doing networking events because it felt like I was actually putting myself out there rather than just having a website that was sitting there getting zero hits every month. Yeah, I think it's it's, a, it's an interesting thing. I mean, it, taking networking seriously, and I mean that because many, many years ago, I'd, I'd go along and sit there with the, the mindset of there's no one in this room who is likely to buy my services. And when I started taking mm. it seriously and realised that's really not the point, yeah. it, it's giving yourself visibility because everyone else in business or everyone else at networking events has their own network of friends yeah. and colleagues and associates and whatever. But it, yeah, networking was a real turning point for me as well. So, so you you're in a networking thing. Did you get work directly from? Like, I guess it would have been physical networking events. Yeah, to start. So I I started networking probably three or four months before the for yeah before coronavirus started coming around. So after summer 2019, I would say, and it was face to face networking events. I'd never done anything like it before, and. It, yeah, I found it very, very tough walking into a room of 50 or 60 people and, you know, at, at that time thinking I should be selling myself, whereas all mm. I should have been doing really was just chatting to people and having conversations about anything. Um, looking back now, obviously I know that the way to do it, you build relationships first and then, what's the phrase, uh, uh, no like trust. Um and no one's going to buy from me straight away because nobody knew me, nobody trusted me and probably didn't like me either just because they didn't know me, you know. So um, networking for me was a long sort of learning experience. But of course, shortly after I started that, everything locked down. So it all went online. Mm -hmm. um, and I thought, this won't catch on, much like I did with mobile phones when they first come out. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I left it a few months before getting involved because th that was my opinion coronavirus won't won't hang around um how wrong i was um but then as soon as i started doing online networking it was it was so much more me because i was in my own environment so much more relaxed and online on on a zoom uh networking event for example you have you have to talk. Everyone gets the the sort of uh, the the opportunity and their turn to speak. If you're in a room with six or seven people, someone's going to say, "So, what do you do?" You don't have to walk about the room hunting for someone who's not already deep in conversation to try and accost to talk about something. Um, so, I've met so many more people in the past year than I would have face to face in the same amount of time. Online networking yeah. has been amazing for me. Yeah, I, I, I would I would agree with that entirely. I think the the opportunity now to speak to people wherever they are in the UK or wherever they are in the world, and not have to give up half a day to travel somewhere to to sit in a hotel 
conference room yeah. drinking terrible coffee. <laughs> I, I think it kind of suits me. I mean, I've, I've made a lot of friends recently on, um, there's a network called 4N, there's, mm. a, there's a music group I go to. And none of the people in the in the room, I think, will directly buy anything from me yeah. at all, because there's just a, a just a, a mismatch. I mean, what we both do is fairly niche. When I when I first started going to networking things, I, I went to some of the very big name ones, and I could see immediately that, for example, the trades do very well. Mm. So if you're a painter, decorator, plasterer, plumber, builder, you can go. It would appear, um, sorry, plasters. Any tradespeople listening to this will probably disagree with me, but it appear you can go into almost any any networking group, and somebody in the room probably needs something doing. And with any networking, there's, there's a, a kind of a, an enthusiasm of people in the group to say, "Well, you know, I, there's this pipe I've been meaning to. Fi- I'm so rubbish at examples. There's a pipe I've been meaning to fix." And as I'm talking to you, would you mind coming to have a look at it? But because what you do is voiceovers, it's not mm. something everyone's going to buy. Yeah. And to be fair, because because I do marketing, coaching, and, and consultancy, it's not something everyone's going to buy. Yeah. But it, yeah, it's that that association that works. So one of the things that's that's drummed into us with business development, um, I have a business coach, is always scaling up. Um, I kind of preach the same thing with digital marketing if you find some success what can you do to scale it up what can you do to improve upon that success Mm. so i'm really leading you to something here martin but when you went to online networking started Mm. to get work and saw that having a network of people was a good thing how did you scale that up well i know i know where we're going with this um, but, but yeah, to, to start it's with It's in the that, title of the podcast. So yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's given away already. Damn, it's not a secret. <laughs> um, so, yeah, to answer your question from about five minutes ago, uh, I did make a bit of money from from just turning up at networking events. Very, very seldom. I'm aware that networking is a very long, long game and a slow burn. Um, but But like you said, it's much more finding out who's behind the people that are there you know, they, they they might know 50 people who work in a radio station, for example, and that's who I want to talk to mm. rather than the, the, you know, there might be one or two people that would be very beneficial to me at a networking event, like a videographer, for example. But it's it's very rare that I will go into a room and say, oh, I was just thinking about getting a video with a, a Kentish accent voiceover in it. It's, um, yeah. That would be it, cool. But... It, it would be cool. It's niche. It, it has happened, but it's, yeah, it's very rare. I don't go, I don't turn up to a networking event thinking, you know, I'm going to get business here. It's just to keep myself out there and sow the seeds. Yeah, uh, we, we, we are going to talk about the main topic of this, but I think you've hit upon something which, which I firmly believe in. It's that in networking, you don't have to aggressively sell yourself. Mm. Unless you do something that someone's never heard of. Like there, there's... Um, Somebody goes to one of the networking groups locally and they do something called tapping, which is like an alternative therapy. Hmm. So she has to explain exactly what it is she does. But if you do voiceovers, you know, I'd be shocked if no one knew what nobody knew had any idea what that was. Yeah. And if you do marketing like I do, you you only really have to sort of state that that's what you do. I don't think you have to sort of launch into a, kind of a list of benefits and why you are the right person to choose. In fact, one of my favorite networking groups I go to, we only get like 20 seconds to say our name and what we do. Hmm. Because you don't really have to go much further than that, and I don't think people like it if you do. Um, it's it's I equate it to being being like a market seller. I don't know mm. if these still exist, but when I, when I was younger, you walk through the market and the person selling the apples would be yelling at the top of their voice. Well, I'm not going to do it. 
but you know, come and get my apples. These apples yeah. are the bestest. You've never had an apple till you had this, and they are well in Suffolk. They are fifty for a pound. Never actually understand what the price was, but it was always fifty for a pound. So networking, you, you you don't have to yell. You don't have to go into a lot of depth. People people buy from people. It's, it's yeah. a cliche, but it's it's absolutely true. Yeah. Don't sell. So we, don't sell to the room. I think is the is the phrase. Oh, that's, a, that's a nice way of putting it. Yeah, just just be yourself. I think it's it's a little scary when people are. I used to admire it when I first was in business in my early twenties, and somebody was so confident that they could really just kind of drill into your skull while they're speaking to you. I used to think it was kind of admirable, but now I think it's probably the worst thing you can possibly do mm. because all the other person wants to do is escape. Yeah, <laughs> they don't want to engage with you and find out more when you're. Mind you, that's the same with all humanity, isn't it? Friends at the pub or, or whatever. If people only talk about themselves, people yeah. tend to lose interest. Yeah, it's very actually. It's so, very difficult if you're having an on. <laughs> this is one of the downsides of Zoom. Um, if you're having an like an online chat with someone, like a one to one, it's very difficult to get away if they're someone who will talk about themselves for the hour that you've got booked rather than you know if you're at a networking event face to face you could say oh i just need to pop to the loo or oh there's trev or whoever <laughs> and uh sort of trying <laughs> to make your excuses and leave but online it's much more difficult you just have to sit and listen um yeah sorry that was one of my uh one of my little annoyances yeah no i'd, I'd agree with that entirely um I quite like the breakout rooms aspect yeah. of of some Zoom networking where it is like you're only going to be here for this long, and if it's some if I'm speaking to someone um, who who I don't click with, then it just I have a I have a list of questions on the wall that that I'll ask people because even if I don't feel an, an immediate affinity with someone, for one thing I'm not going to just blank them go look mate. I think you're a rotter. I'm just going to, I'm watching the counter in the corner of the screen. I'm just going to sit here and wait till we're gone. Because I find that even if I don't click with someone immediately, if I read this list of questions, and it is literally, it's, they're from a book called How to Win, oops, hit the microphone. They're from a book called How to Win Friends and Influence People, which I recommend everyone mm. read. And I often find that once I actually give people the opportunity to speak about themselves and make clear that I'm, I'm giving them a platform, even if it's only for a few minutes, to absolutely unleash it goes one of two ways. People either have a, a patter that they're ready to to deliver, or they're a bit they're a bit sort of off guarded, and they're a bit kind of oh, you really want to know? And I say, oh, no, I absolutely genuinely do want to know. You know, this isn't just to kill time. Mm. Please tell me about yourself. And it's that it's almost when you break down the the initial preparation, you know, the initial wall. It's like because we're both musicians. Um, a lot of musicians I know when when you're about to go on stage, you have a very clear idea in your head of how it's actually going to go. And often the best gigs are when within the first minute or two something goes wrong, mm. you know, your amp packs up or something, and you, you're then having to to sort of make up as you go along. They tend to be the best gigs, yeah. Because it turns out humans are rubbish at predicting the future, mm. just just absolutely awful. But um, yeah, anyway, so so it, it's this turned into a discussion on networking, but I think it's it's, well, it's certainly kind of relevant to to everyone. Hopefully, who's listening to this at the moment. Yeah, I, th I think there's there's definitely something to be said about networking, like and, and touching on something that you said that I think will will blend into what we had planned to talk about. Um, talking about being yourself and being authentic and real. And when I first started my my business, I I, I think because of the where I'd worked previously and seen I was never in like a huge company so it was maybe 10 15 people so I was all very close knit with the bosses and that sort of thing and you saw how they acted 
And I think I'd been sort of programmed into how you should do business. Mm. So when I went to these face-to-face networking events, I was dressed very smartly. Um, and, you know, that's not me. But at that, at that time, I, I thought that's what I should be doing. I should be giving this very professional sort of outlook, shaking hands and saying, pleased to meet you. Tell me about business and let's do business and that sort of stuff. Whereas when it went online, I felt so much more relaxed because I was in my own space and I certainly didn't dress up on, to go on Zoom. You know, I wasn't going to put a shirt and tie on to sit in front of my webcam. Um, I, I'm sure some people have. Um, but I just found it so much more easier to be me when this online networking thing happened. So I, I, I kind of went through this transition phase, realizing that people need to know me before they will work with me. And that, and that was something that came out big time, I guess, at the beginning of last year. So I was going to say quite recently then, but time is just a concept now. <laughs> It was 18 months ago. Um, and it, it actually really helped me sort of build my own confidence in talking to people and telling people about what I do, about my business. Um, and, yeah, I, I found it very beneficial in that way. I'm kind of losing Doesn't track take, now. Can you edit this bit? No. It takes the pressure off massively because you, you, you have, we're both similar age. I mean, I've got 45 years' experience of being me. And and much like you, when I worked in the city, I worked in London 20 years ago, and I thought I had to be this person in a suit. And I mean, I wear a suit in, so infrequently that I, I do wear one sometimes. In fact, I think I look all right. But stepped out of the house a, kind of just before lockdown in a suit, and one of the neighbours asked if I was due in court. Because it's, it's such a rarity to see me kind of like dressed up. <laughs> so like, oh, you're due in court? And I was like, no. <laughs> oh, what? What do you mean? Might be the area I live in. Um <laughs> Sorry. Right. Um, anyway, yeah, so we, as as you could probably tell listeners, uh, Martin like is happy on chatting ages, but we ought to get to the, the main event, really. So when you wanted to kind of scale up your, yeah. your networking and find other people to be yourself in front of, mm. so what was your next step? Yeah, I, I think I kind of realised that when everybody was sitting at home last March, that a lot more people were online. Um and just sitting there on LinkedIn every day. So uh, I, I, saw, I'd sort of, I was on LinkedIn. I had an account, but I never really used it. So I started posting on there and to sort of no fanfare at all because it was not because of what I was posting. I don't think I didn't really have any connections at the time. So I didn't, I guess I didn't have a plan. So I was just posting things about voiceover and what I do. Um, but it was still very sort of straight and very, you know, businessy um but coupled with when i started doing the online networking and how i sort of grew into grew into myself i guess i i started doing that on linkedin and just like letting my personality sort of come through because i like to think that i'm quite friendly chirpy happy fun person to to sort of hang around with i'm just you know i'm the sort of person who will mess around at every opportunity unless I'm doing a job of course um unless it's called for in the job <laughs> yeah yeah and there, and there have been occasions but it's so I'm losing track now uh it's right because I keep I keep derailing you yeah. part, partly for my own amusement <laughs> but but so yeah so essentially you, you started I, I can remember seeing when you, you started to post more often on LinkedIn and yes. say we're, we're not talking about ancient history part of the reason I wanted to kind of talk to you for, for this podcast is 
to try and sort of show that it's never it's never too late. You've not missed mm. the boat with anything generally in digital marketing, mm. apart from possibly MySpace. Um, but I, I can remember seeing you start to post, and of course we we were connected because we're friends. And I can remember seeing at first they were very much this is what I do. Please, I, you were doing the classic kind of talk to me if you need a voiceover. And yep. it's it's always like like at gigs when this, I wince when a singer in a band says we've got merch and t-shirts at the back. Mm. I always think everyone knows that we've all walked past them. I think you don't need to some things you don't need to stay. And then you start to post these videos of you making really strange noises <laughs> <laughs> and pulling faces and kind of skimming through LinkedIn, kind of looking at what friends and, and connections were up to. I always stopped when I saw a video of you making strange noises or, or pulling faces. Well, or, I, there was all, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, I think I started to realise, and it was something that I, I was kind of working on on like my 60-second pitches that you get on your online networking events. I started to make my pitches more interesting because every every week, every couple of weeks, it would be the same sort of thing. Everyone doing their 60-second pitch and it was just, you, you just sort of shut off after a while. So I tried to make them more interesting, funny, use Zoom to its full potential and, you know, online, yeah, sorry, on-screen trickery, that sort of stuff, disappearing from the screen and all them silly sorts of things. And I thought, well, why don't I start doing this on LinkedIn? I'd seen a few people on there who weren't just posting about business and professional type things. And I think the transition, well, people working from home, the, tran the, the line sort of became blurred a bit between Facebook and LinkedIn because, people, like I said, people were so much more relaxed and people were just meeting more and more and more people on LinkedIn um, that these relationships were happening quicker and people wanted to, to be themselves with all these new people they were meeting. Um, because they were in this relaxed environment of homeworking. So I thought, well, I, I'll just start being exactly who I am because it seems that a few people were doing that now, posting pictures of their sandwiches and their dog jumping on it and that sort of thing. So that's where the idea for like, to start with, it was um, still very much related to voiceover, like how do you do this effect with your voice um, and that sort of thing. And then whilst I was doing it, I thought, well, it's all very well just doing this sort of tutorial on how to do this thing, but it's not going to be fun for everyone to watch unless you make it, you know, a bit different. So that's where they sort of ended up turning into weird little sketches um, and just sort of, it got to the point where, you know, nothing was out of bounds, almost. <laughs> almost. <laughs> and, and, and they started to become less about voiceover and more about just showing people who I am. You know, so I wanted people to know who I am before they think, should I work with him? Hey, sorry for interrupting, but we've got something neat for you. If you want to put some of the things you've heard in the podcast into action, we've created a free workbook for you. It's called Build Your Digital Marketing Battle Plan, and you can download it for free at internetmarketingforhumans.com forward slash battle plan and that battle plan's all one word so internetmarketingforhumans.com forward slash battle plan for your free workbook to take you through seven simple steps to get your digital marketing up to speed and ready for action okay back to the show cheers so you, you set yourself a potential challenge there because when you when you talk about your work i mean i post videos very regularly and I do kind of I'm trying to put across a specific message so I'm trying to break down 
the assumption that some people have that digital marketing is challenging. So I, I do things to say, look, you know, whoever you are, you can do these things for yourself. Mm. Um, so it's, it's very easy for me to, to know what to talk about because there's a lot of digital marketing stuff about or I, I, I follow a theme. I've had these things called Amico cards that I've been using to prompt me to make videos for a while. Mm. Um, so I can see that when you were posting about being a voiceover artist and you were saying, this is how I do this or this is the my vocal warm-up exercise, that's quite easy because you know it. Yep. How, how did you then start to choose topics or, or choose videos to make once you decided to sort of shift that to, to being Martin mucking about on LinkedIn? It, I, I found that the more I thought about it, the less productive I was. So quite often I would just ah. be, I could just be watching telly. Something I do because of, because of voiceover is if I've got something taped off of the telly, I don't fast forward through the adverts because I like to listen to the other voiceovers and see how, you know, commercials are constructed and that sort of thing. And I just try to consume media without sort of thinking about it too much, if that makes sense. Hmm. So in the hope that in the back of my mind, something will process and eventually it will come out. And quite often it does just come out as a spark and then it just sort of grows from there. Um, but there probably are instances where there was something, I think I did a post on LinkedIn and I still do post about voiceover, but I, like I said, if it's a, a text post or a, a photo or something like that, I still try and add personality into it now. So it's not just, well, I don't want to say try to add personality. I just write as if it's, as if I write, you know, it's, it's me, me doing it rather than a business voiceover. So, damn it, I've lost track again. <laughs> <laughs> I was saying that, right, do you run out of ideas? Um, I mean, it, it, yes. it doesn't, yes, it doesn't I, look that structured. It doesn't look like you say, right, I must do five posts a day. It's, it, it comes across quite natural. So I was assuming that you work when you're inspired, but do you think, sometimes think, well, I haven't done anything for a while. I really need to get something out there. Yeah, I, I definitely do find it more the more time goes on the more difficult it is to come up with ideas because sometimes i'll think oh i've done something like that or you know i don't want to get repetitive so another thing i started doing was sort of combining the two so there was a, this is a, a somewhere else that i managed to sort of discover influence so i do a post one day ask people's opinions or ask a question and get people to reply and then make a video depending on what someone has replied. So there was a post I did about um, com uh, TV commercial cliches. So some people were saying, why is it that when it's a car advert, there's never any traffic on the roads? Why is it that when um, it's like a sofa or a carpet advert, nobody ever has socks on, that sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> and there was one about um, uh, like the, the sort of aloofness of... Um, Perfume adverts, like you never know what it's about until the last bit of voiceover that just says perfume by whoever. Um, so, I, so yeah, I made a video after a comment and then obviously you can tag the people that come up with that idea. You made a video almost for these people. But what I'm trying to do there now is make a spoof commercial or a funny commercial, but do the voiceover as if it's a job so people can hear what I do whilst being entertained at the same time. That's a, an absolutely brilliant idea. It's... It's kind of a gift. Thank you to have the skills to be able to do that. So, just want to make clear that you know we, Martin and I, are talking about because we're both creator creators. I guess we could call it. You know, we both make music, video, and whatever. It, we we have those tools naturally 
in our arsenal and we, we can both make videos. I mean, I've, I've done videos of me disappearing and all, all the kind of silly trickery and whatever. But I just want to make clear that whoever you are listening to this, there's always something. Everybody has creativity. I refuse to believe that there's anyone out there who doesn't. But I think a lot of people feel constrained and worried that some people might watch a video they make. And, you know, I mean, just hold up your iPhone or your whatever phone and just record yourself talking. I mean, don't you don't have to do these elaborate things that Mark and I probably spend far too long kind of mucking around with. It's it's getting that personality across. And one thing I say, so I think everyone's creative, but I think some people feel quite constrained and they worry that if people look at it, some people might laugh at them or think they're idiots. Mm. And in my experience um, as a middle-aged man, there's always going to be people who think you're an idiot. There's always going to be people who think you're horrible, foolish, ignorant, all the many negative things as you can think. But the reality I found, especially over the last three or four years, is that it wouldn't work out if I if I worked for those people. Yeah. So kind of being myself is always kind of quite a good filter. I think that's like, a really good way to, to sort of view it because, you like you said, you don't want to work with people that don't like you because it will just make <laughs> it will just make it difficult. So being absolutely being yourself, it might yes, you might not get as many people contacting you because some people might think, oh, he's acting like a fool. I don't I don't want to work with someone like that. It's not very professional. But then you will get people who think he seems like a good laugh. I'd I'd like to work with someone like that. It's you know, and you you sort of weed out the people that you don't want straight away. That's my that's Absolutely. the way I sort of look at it. There's there's somebody who who I'm friends with who who I collaborate with quite often who has been a guest on here, on this show probably quite a long time ago and um, we did an, we did a show called being yourself on a show a podcast episode called being yourself on linkedin so if you want to look back through um through internet marketing views podcast have a look and he's his name's milo um i wasn't going to name check him but but it, he's it's worth mentioning milo dunn if you want to look him up hmm. and if you look him up on linkedin his picture is he's photoshopped his head on top of Oh, I think I can't remember the name of the actress, but who who was something about Mary? Who was that? Oh, I have no idea. Anyway, a, a, <laughs> oh, a, a um, blonde Cameron Diaz. Cameron Diaz. So he's it's it's a picture of Cameron Diaz, and he's photoshopped his head. I was going to say badly, but it's not. But the point is, it's too big. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's meant to look weird. And he he's a he's a he's got a big black beard. <laughs> it's like, it looks very strange, and. I, I recommend this guy. He's a LinkedIn um, networker, I think you could call it. I mean, he, mm. he sort of accelerates things and that that's his thing. But I'm happy to recommend him to people. But I've had a few people look at that profile picture and just go, yeah, we're not going to speak to him. And I just kind of go, well, OK, because you probably wouldn't be a good fit for him. That's OK. It's really, it's really fine. But the people who've looked at it and found that picture really funny and... Digital Dominator is the name of his company, mm. uh, and see any of the other multitude of absolutely bizarre things he does on LinkedIn. People who like those are, are I imagine, very good clients. Anyway, let, let's let's stop talking about Milo for now, as, as great he is. So we've talked before, and you've mentioned that that this sort of technical assumed. Well, we were talking a minute ago about an assumed technical challenge of making videos. I mean, mm. what? How much do you really have to know to be able to make a video to put something on LinkedIn? Not much, I don't think. A, a lot of the free uh, video editors that you can get are drag and drop, you know. And and if you want to start making transitions like fade-ins and fade-outs, it's just 
quite often it's just drag and drop the effect from the side and put it on. So you don't need a lot of brain power to do it, I think, for want of a better better way of saying it. Um, so I, I don't think people should be put off by the idea of creating things. You should always be creating stuff to put yourself out there, I think. Um, and if people are worried about what to create or how to make it different, like, for example, just because they're always on networking, an accountant, for example, how could he make his accounting posts different to someone else? Now, obviously, accounting's a bit different to voiceover because a, vo you know, a voiceover artist can probably get away with being a bit silly because, you know, it's, it's a creative job. But there's different ways of thinking about a post. So an accountant could just ask yourself questions like, how else, how else could I do this? Or in what other ways can I think about this? So rather than just thinking, right, I'm going to post about end of year accounts. Fine, sit in front of the camera and film it, but it will probably be quite a dull thing. So it could be anything like, well, where else could I film this? I could go out in my garden and just walk around because then it becomes visually interesting rather than just sitting there. So just ask yourself why, how, where, all of the, all of the easy questions, just to try and change it up a bit. Absolutely. I mean, we're talking about being silly and we're not saying you have to be silly. You know, mm. Be yourself. Mar Mar I keep reverting to calling you Marth, which is, <laughs> I'm trying to use your, like, your professional name for no, this cool. podcast. Cool. But, Mr. Whiskin, actually, please. <laughs> oh, sorry, Mr. Master Whiskin. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just sounds like a really bizarre kind of a magician or something. Anyway. <laughs> um, or, or a cook, Master Whiskin. What are you good at? Well, I'm Mastered Whiskin. Um, Eggs. Anyway. <laughs> So it's it's naturally in our nature, and we're not saying you have to be a, a wacky maniac to, mm. to to kind of have have an impact on on LinkedIn. I think kind of what what I'm taking from your message is that that being yourself for one gets you the clients who you're going to work well with. But I mean, so you've been putting in an effort. There's no way of getting past the effort. We're we're just sort of democratizing it and saying that you don't have to be a genius with video editing. I mean, I, I use Adobe Premiere for, for work editing, but when I do stuff on LinkedIn, it's literally just my iPhone and, and upload direct. There's no editing, mm. there's nothing. But, I mean, you've put in all this effort and you said you've got some work for it, but what, what other results have you have you had? Um, so I think when I first started, I had my, well, under 500 connections on there. And that was very much me uh, sending out connection requests. Um, and... Right at the beginning, I was just sending out connection requests to whoever. You know, I wasn't even thinking about who my targets were, really. Um, so now I think I've got about three and a half thousand, which is, to me, it's, you know, that's not bad going. I, I, I'm not sure if I want to get to the heady heights of the five figures because I, I wouldn't be able to, to keep up, you know. with I, I like to interact with people as well. I like to try and build those relationships, and I think any more now... Gotcha, no. Um, one... Low numbers with high interaction is is so much more beneficial than high numbers yeah. and, and no interaction. So that that's the other thing that has gone up has uh, incoming connections, um, the interaction on my posts because it's all very well getting you know twenty thousand views on your post if you only get two comments. Um, so I really look at the amount of interaction that I get and the people that come back again if that makes sense. So people replied to one post before they come back and comment on another one um so it's all about interaction with people i think because it's just like another form of networking isn't it it's social networking so uh, social media networking 
So you're bu- building those relationships in the comments section on, on stupid videos. <laughs> <laughs> it works. I mean, I've, I've seen, you have kind of, the only way to call it is, is enviable amount of amount of comments, likes and shares and whatever on, on almost all of the posts of yours that I see. Now, of course, the nature of LinkedIn is, even though we're friends, um, LinkedIn will only show me content it thinks is popular and it thinks is going to appeal to me. So there must be some posts you make that just bomb because it's, in my experience, it's not possible just to always be on and always have absolute total success. So I'm going to be mean. What posts have you put up in the last three or four months that you kind of thought, I thought that'd do better? Oh, plenty. There's, yeah, it's, I think you can have sort of a, a pre, um, like a false image of someone when they're posting on LinkedIn because they post lots, you know, they're, they're busy they're get, doing really well on LinkedIn, that sort of thing. But I think it, it, it's just an impression that it, it gives out. So mm. I've done um, some videos that I thought were hilarious <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and you know, maybe had 60 views or something like that. And th- there's obviously more that goes into it, like in terms of what time you post, if you've interacted with a lot of people previously, because then it might get pushed to into their feeds, that sort of stuff. So there's more to think about than just making sure it's good content, you know. Um, but I, I'm actually trying something at the minute. I made a plan for four weeks on what I will be posting, so I've got all my things ready to go. Um, and quite a lot of them are bombing at the minute, and I think it's because some of them I have gone back to more talking about um, the industry sort of thing. But, of course, that only appeals to people that are either in my industry or want to buy at some point and like we've said because it's niche you know 95% of my connections might never need it um so it, it, it's just I'm just testing stuff really um because I don't want to get stuck in a rut of always putting out the same sort of same sort of things um but of course now one thing that has happened is because I've done quite a few silly videos and often on a Friday people tend to expect me to always be making these silly videos which is quite hard to sometimes to keep up with but yeah you're not always in a good mood you know we're not disney characters here you know yeah some sometimes you, you can't be bothered mm. or, or you're just i don't know i can't imagine you being in a grump but you're just you're not on it or you've not slept or or i, I don't know you stubbed your toe or dropped your phone down the toilet or something very, very rarely in a grump it's more because it, it just other things are, like if i've got paid work to do obviously i have to do that um whereas if i do think right i've got a spare hour let's make a make a video um then then i'll get on it but yeah if there isn't one going out that week then it's just because i've been too busy to do it really yeah we're we're recording this um it's a a different medium but we're recording this on a friday when i normally publish a podcast and i just haven't had a chance Mm. But, but 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 that's okay. Um, just want to say that we're, we're kind of focusing heavily on video because that's what we like. Um, and LinkedIn at the moment is making it very clear just in, in terms of how much traction myself, you, my clients are getting with video that they're very interested in, in people who post video and will naturally increase the number of people who they show your video to. But it, it it's kind of counts for pictures, it counts for... People have started posting slides, which I think is quite interesting, or just plain text posts. It doesn't have to be a video. We're not, mm. you know, the message here isn't go out and make tons of video. I mean, if you want to, absolutely go for it. But it, it's it's just doing something. It's it's having that presence 
And I think being reasonably consistent appears to be a very good idea. Um, mm. I know I've just said that, that I'm not consistent, but I think actually I think I can sum it all down to being human is probably the most important thing on LinkedIn, Yep. even in terms of the algorithm. Because if they're wise, and I believe they are, LinkedIn will very much be on the lookout for people trying to game the system. We're not talking about gaming the system. Um, we're talking about making the most of it. And I, I really like what, what you say, Martin, about you kind of spot what trends, what people like, and you will do some more of that. I mean, th this isn't gaming the system. What LinkedIn will be watching out for is is people perhaps using software to post 10 o'clock every single day. Mm. So I think being human and being a little inconsistent is good, but on the whole, just just maintaining that presence is is probably the best thing you can currently do at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. It's the consistency. I think is is really important. I I noticed that if I don't interact with other people on there, then my posts will take a hit in the mm. the subsequent days. Um, so it's all about just the same with network. Uh, online or face-to-face -face networking it's just about keeping your face out there so even if you don't have time to create a post that day just go and reply to some people and your face will be on lots of people's feeds because of that yeah absolutely and it doesn't have to take a ton of time i mean i think the reality is i could spend six hours a day on linkedin uh, and it, well i wouldn't have any time to do any work but i it, i would get payback from that yeah but the reality is i probably spend 20 minutes in the morning and then check just to look for replies around lunchtime. That's probably about it. But because I do it every day, it kind of becomes almost like marginal gains in cycling. You go that little bit faster, you put in that little bit more effort and it all builds up, it all accrues. And, and I'm seeing that mm. with your posts. Yeah. And well, the fact that you're you're busy and working, you know, have, have good work coming in. Yeah, that's it. Just, just the, the same, like I've said about other things we've been talking about, you know, stick at the stick at the networking, stick at the LinkedIn. Don't expect immediate results. Same as when you start a business, you know, don't expect to be a millionaire overnight. Uh, you have to put in the in the hard work. Um, consistency and, yeah, effort will give you rewards. You know, I, think, I think that's a pretty good conclusion. I was going to ask you for kind of a, a one tip or the one thing um, for listeners to, to take into consideration with, with networking and LinkedIn, but I think you've pretty much summed it up. Okay. It's... Do say it again, just to kind of drive the point home? Yeah, I, I was going to say buy my voiceover, but... <laughs> oh, yeah, no, that's, that's, it, that's it. No, scrap everything else, right? <laughs> I'll put in the show notes, fast forward to the um, to the 47 minute, 15 second mark, and that's the most important. That's it, absolutely. So, yeah, yeah. I, I was just saying, it's like, don't expect immediate results, I, I guess, with most things that you do, unless you buy, you know, the winning lottery ticket. But just be consistent, be willing to put in the, the hard work and the, the rewards will come down the line. That is a cracking conclusion. Okay, so before I press the stop button, how can people find out more about the joy of Martin Wiskin? Well, um, if you're not put off by the promise of strange videos, you can find me on LinkedIn. I think I am the only Martin Wiskin in the world. Um, wow. Sorry? I just said, wow. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's not a, it's not a very common surname, I don't think. Um, or my website, www.martinwiskin.co.uk. Cracking stuff. Okay, well, thanks ever so much for, for being a guest. This has been, I hope it's as entertaining for the listeners as it was for us to, to make. Brilliant. Well, thanks, um, for, thanks for having me. 
No problem at all. Okay, well, thanks everyone for listening. Please do the like and share thing because it really does make a difference. It all adds up. Okay, cool. Until the next time, I've been Andrew Laws. I shall remain Andrew Laws for hopefully many years to come. Um, And I'm a human. And Martin, I'm going to say goodbye. Would you like to say goodbye? Goodbye. Goodbye.